We find ourselves in the second week of the season of Lent, time of self-reflection, time when we look at what it is, how our relationship is with God. We find ourselves in the Gospel of Mark again, the 8th chapter, the 31st through the 38th chapter. Jesus has just asked his disciples, who is it you say that I am? And he has proclaimed himself the Messiah. Hear these words. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How honest are you? I mean, really, how honest are you? Recently, a purchase was made and a big cardboard box came in. And on that cardboard box, there was a picture of the item to be assembled and go into this place where it belonged. And when we ordered that item, it said, easily, easy assembly. And that box was heavy. And we laid that box down and we cut that box open and we started pulling part after part after part after part out. And down in the very bottom, there's this plastic-wrapped package. And it says on it, before doing anything else, please read the instructions thoroughly. How honest are you? Do you read the instructions thoroughly? I don't. I see a picture, I see the parts, my mind can put the parts to make it look like the picture. It doesn't always work that way, 
When I was 21, I didn't even keep the instruction. Now that I'm older in my life, I take the instructions first. Or maybe I don't take the instructions first. Somebody else takes the instructions and reads them to me and hands me the parts I need to put the thing together. Are any of you like that? Or you try to put it together without reading the instruction and you look down and there's some boards that maybe haven't been used or some screws that haven't been used and it's not quite looking exactly like you think it should look. It doesn't look like the picture on the box. Any of you ever do that? Let's be honest. Anybody ever do that? How about your faith? How about your relationship with Jesus? What's that look like? Can you be honest with it? Can you be honest and say that you've read the instruction? That you've listened to what the Bible says? Or you just heard somebody preach and say something and and summarize what it means to be a disciple of Christ? To be a disciple of Jesus and so you're just going to step off in it and say you've been baptized and you belong to Jesus without ever reading the instruction manual? There are a lot of people who claim to be of the Christian faith who don't know what the book says. There are a lot of people who wave Jesus banners, who hold up Jesus steins, who stand on the corner and preach the gospel, who don't know what the book says who don't, haven't read the instruction manual. They're just professing from what they've heard or from what they assume or they're expect, expecting themselves to be able just to do it because they have the gifts. Today, Jesus has his disciples. It doesn't say a crowd. His first speaking after proclaiming that he's the Messiah, he's speaking to the intimate circle of disciples. Please hear me say that. He's speaking to the original church. And he's saying to them, This is what's going to happen. When we unloaded that box, it was heavier than I expected it to be. And it had way more parts than I ever thought. Easy assemble? I don't think so. I needed way more tools than the box said I did. And it took a lot longer than the 15 minutes that it promised it would take to get assembled. And I can't say that my blood pressure was always low. And that there was some frustration and that everything worked perfectly when we got it together. Jesus got his intimate group together and said, guys, I need to tell you this is what's going to happen. The message we're bringing to the people is going to be an uncomfortable message and we will be rejected. I will be rejected. The son of God, the Messiah, I will be rejected by all of the leaders. All your community leaders, all your religious leaders, all your teachers, they'll reject what I'm saying. And you have to believe that. And the text says this. This is what I love. The text says Jesus said this openly. He didn't take the disciples to an upper room. He didn't take them to some dark corner and whisper in their ears. He said it openly, facing them, talking to them, saying, guys, this is what it's going to be like. God speaks to us in an open fashion face-to-face, heart-to-heart, if we'll listen. And God says to us, this is what it's like. I love you, but I need you to give yourself to me. I need you to know what it says and know what is is expected of a disciple. To know what it means to walk with Jesus every day of your life, to allow the Spirit to, to infuse your life, 
to allow the Spirit to guide you where you need to go. You need to know that. And you need to know, number one, it's not going to be easy. Jesus said that out loud in front of everybody, openly. How many of us expect God to speak to us openly? How many of us speak about God openly? Now, I'm going to tell you, my best partner in faith, she picked up the instruction manual immediately. I'm looking at all the parts spread out there, and I'm thinking, okay, my, command, my mechanical mind can do that. Little wise one, she's sitting over there reading the instruction manual. And then she begins to openly speak truth. Part A1 goes to part B1 with screw number C2. Right? Isn't that how they code everything nowadays? And she's speaking truth. And I'm going, eh, these handles go over here. These, Right? It looks like this. We can put it together. Jesus spoke openly to the disciples and said, this is what it looks like. God speaks openly to us through our instructions, through our relationship, through our prayer life, through our preachers, through our teachers, through our friends who are, who are devout Christians. God speaks to us not in some dark, cold place. God speaks to us openly and says, guys, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, it's going to cost you your life. Now, it's not going to cost you your life physically. But it's going to cost you that innate will to pick up the pieces and put them together the way you think they go. When God already says, I've got a plan for your life. I've got it mapped out for you. If you'll just submit to my will, you can walk with me in what you do. Sure, you'll make decisions, but I'm going to be right by your side. If you submit your will to me, openly, God says that to us. How many of us are willing to listen? How many of us are willing to sit and listen to what truth really is? God loves us. God forgives us and holds no wrongs against us. And God wants nothing more than for us to walk in the Spirit every day of our lives so that we represent the gospel to all people. That's all God asks. It's not that much. Today we call it reading the instructions. But it's about having relationship. Having relationship with God is the greatest thing we can do. But let's be honest. How many of us in the crowd or like one of the ones that was in the crowd that day. Peter. Peter took him aside. Not openly. Not where everybody could hear. Get it? He took Jesus aside. Closed his office door. Took him down the hall. Took him out back to the parking lot. Took him into another room. Wherever it is you like to take people aside. And said, come on, man. That can't be true. Are you kidding me? We're going to go in there and we're going to take the government over. That was Peter's expectation. I've read enough about Peter. Peter wanted to ride in on a big white horse with the big old sword and start taking it, taking over. In the oppression. Let's get it over with. Let's go. Come on, Jesus. Saddle the horse. I'll saddle your horse for you. The warrior Peter. You can't be right. That doesn't work in my life. You ever say that to God? Um, 
No, God, not doing that one. I hear you, but I'm not doing what you're saying. Right? We say that to God. God gives us the instruction. God opens us openly and speaks to us, and we take God aside. Say, oh, come over here. We're going to talk to you a minute. You can't be doing that. You think I'm going to get up and speak before people? I mean, Moses did it, right? God, I can't speak. I don't have the gift to speak in public. Don't worry. I'll send Aaron to help you. Don't worry about it. Jonah said, God, I'm not doing that. And you know where Jonah wound up? Jonah wound up as vomit, right? The whale puked him back onto the shore. Don't we do that? What's it look like in our lives when we decide we're going to put it together the way God wants, the way we want it put together, and not the way God wants it put together? God speaks openly into our heart every day of our lives through somebody, something, or somewhere. God speaks to us. And God says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I see where you're at. I still love you, I love you, I love you. I don't care what anybody says about you. I don't care what they're doing to you. I don't care how persecuted you are. I love you. But you got to come over here. No, God, it's pretty cool in this mud puddle. Don't ask me to get out of it. Because, God, I've got a direction for my life. I'm going to be this, 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 and this. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to do it my way. How many of us do that? We're all guilty of it. Even in ministry, we're all guilty of it. We think we, the church ought to go a certain way, and God's saying, excuse me. We think we ought to do something a special way, and God says, wait a minute. We hold on to tradition like it's a life-saving rope when we should be holding on to the Holy Spirit. I mean, God speaks to us openly. Follow me. But to follow me, it's going to cost you deeply. But the rewards will be so great. The rewards will be so grand. If you'll just take up your cross and follow me. That's all he said. He went back after talking to Peter. He says, Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. He didn't say it that nice either. Peter had pulled him aside. And Jesus said, hmm. You're not interrupting my path. You're not interrupting my path. You're not interrupting what God is doing in this situation. Get behind me. You are doing no good. How many of us are doing no good for the gospel in our lives? We're serving ourselves, but we're not doing a a thing for the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life. We're not doing a thing to glorify God. First day was over and he was sitting in first place. And I had prayed all day. I was wore out. Wore out from praying for him. And I sent a text message. I said, I hope you've all offered a prayer and thanksgiving. And he said, Dad, I'm way ahead of you. I've been praying all day. I said, I've been praying right there with you, son. Honoring God in what God's made us to do. Honoring the Spirit in where we are. Walking with God hand in hand. Not according to our purpose, but according to His Because if we don't, God will rebuke us. God will say, I have no room for you. You do not fit into the gospel picture because you do not believe. You're not willing to give yourself to me. You keep holding on to some image you have of yourself because you think it's better than what I have for you. 
we put it together my way. We took it apart. And then we put it back together her way. You want to know the difference of when we put it together my way and the difference of when we put it together her way? My way? It didn't work. Her way? It worked perfectly. It's the same thing with God. In my heart, I was saying, I know how to do this. I'm mechanically inclined. I know where this goes. I know what this part looks like. And she's over there whispering, uh-uh, you got to do it like this. Uh-uh, part A1 goes to part. <sighs> and what I created was useless. You hear me? What I created my way was useless. All that money spent, waiting all that time for it to get there, carrying that heavy thing into the house. And it turned out useless because I wanted to do it my way. And she's over there with the instructions, openly, openly reading them to me. And I'm turning a deaf ear to her. I hear what you're saying. Right? But here's the beautiful thing. It worked when I received the message openly. It worked when I gave myself to that process. And believe me, a relationship with Jesus is a process. It's a process of walking with God. It's a process of every day of your life committing again to submit to that process. Because we get up every day and say, okay, I got it. And God says, oh, let's turn the page and read step two. Let's turn the page and read step three. Let's turn the page and learn to forgive. Let's turn the page and learn to control your anger. Let's turn the page and, and learn to forgive your enemy. Now, let's not just forgive your friend. Let's forgive the one you can't stand the most. Huh. That's God's way. Nah, no thanks. And God rebukes us. And God rebukes us and we walk through a valley. And we have to learn things the hard way. Take up your cross. Live who it is God's calling you to be as a disciple of Christ. Because when he turned around from speaking to Peter, when he came out of the darkness with Peter, after rebuking Peter, he called the crowd together. Do you hear that? It started out, he was talking to the disciples, but then he called the crowd together. He called everyone together. The future disciples is what one of my scholars said. He called the future disciples together, the greater church. He called them together. And he said, if you want to follow me, if you want to know what it means to be intimate with God, if you want to know what it means to live an eternal life, take up your cross. Lay down your cross and take up, lay, lay down your life and take up my cross. And follow me. Follow me. Know that goodness is waiting on you if you just accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you accept the concept of Messiah. If you accept that God has good things for you. That God loves you. Listen to me. Do what I'm asking you to do. And what I'm asking you to do is to follow the instructions that God gives us in our lives. To love God and to love one another as we love ourselves. It's that simple. 
But it's that complex that we have to pay attention to what God's doing. And then he says this. And I wish the scholastic writers or the gospel writer would have said this. All right, you hard-headed people. I know not all of you are hard-headed. But my wife has, some of the women are pointing to their husband. (coughs) My wife has pointing to me as hard-headed before. Listen, you hard-headed people. If you don't accept this, if you're ashamed in this world to profess Jesus Christ in your words and in your actions, so will the Father be ashamed of you. Gives you a task. Gives you a task to do in your life. And God just asks you to do it. And you're too ashamed to do that? Human pride steps in? And you're too ashamed to accept forgiveness and give it to somebody else? You're too ashamed to do what they're telling you to do? You're too ashamed because you have too much pride? You don't want to read the instructions? You don't want to give up your purpose in life for God's purpose in life? Jesus was honest. All you have to do is give up your life. Just exactly like I'm going to do. Spiritually. Give up who you think you are. And allow God to form you who God had meant for you to be. And live in faith. A faith that says if I profess Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life, If I receive all that God has done for me, I will live eternally with the great creator because the great creator loves me that much. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am made new. And God has a covenant that says God will love me until the end of times. If I just am honest and follow God's instruction. Let me ask you again. How honest are you? How honest are you? Amen and amen.